Today on episode 45 of the Be A Marketer podcast, you'll hear from a founder who turned expertise and personal experience into a business and a self-paying hobby. And I'm sharing why your most valuable marketing asset is you. This is the Be A Marketer podcast. When you started your business, you probably didn't realize how many hats you'd actually have to wear. All of a sudden, you have to be an owner. You have to be a boss. You have to be the person making sure all the things go, all while making sure you're getting new customers to keep things going. And that means you also have to be a marketer. The good news, you don't have to be a marketer alone. I'm your host, Dave Charest, Director of Small Business Success at Constant Contact and I help small business owners like you make sense of online marketing. And on this podcast, we'll explore how to find the time to be a marketer. No jargon, no hype, just real stories to inspire you and practical advice you can act on. So remember, friend, you can be a marketer. And at Constant Contact, we're here to help. Well, hello, friend, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Be a Marketer podcast. Question for you. Did you ever wonder why big businesses hire celebrities for their ads? Well, it's because presumably people already know and like those celebrities. And if people like them, their hope is that by association, people will like their brand, too. The reality here is that, and you may have heard me say this before, but people like to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to say that you have to cough up a million dollar budget to hire a celebrity. But what if instead you thought about becoming somewhat of a celebrity yourself? Now, what I mean here is that the biggest advantage that you have over your competition is, well, you. And when you allow people the opportunity to get to know, like, and trust you and the people that work for you, you stand a better chance of people wanting to do business with you because they know, like, and trust you. So don't be afraid to be visible. Share stories, inject personality, and let people get to know you in your marketing efforts. That's on social and emails and text and any interaction people have with your business. You stand out by being you. And you build trust at the same time. Now, you'll hear more about this today from our guest. He not only uses personal storytelling, but he also has an association with the celebrity that people are fascinated with around the globe. Well, friend, today's guest is Brad Sundberg. Brad is an acclaimed sound engineer and founder of multiple businesses, including B-Sun Media and In the Studio with MJ. And yes, the MJ we're talking about here is Michael Jackson. So how does one cross paths with the king of pop? Well, let's pick up the conversation there. I was Michael Jackson's uh, technical director for about 18 years. I was there for what I call the glory years from uh, about 1985 to 2004 and got to be really close with Michael, worked on album projects, worked with him at the ranch extensively at Neverland building music systems and then uh, video shoots, uh, personal projects, all kinds of stuff. And he, he was he was an amazing guy and a very dear friend. So after he passed in 2009. We were approached by a group of some friends of ours in in Paris to come to Paris, France and do a seminar, just kind of tell some stories. And so I brought a box of tapes and we booked a studio 
And uh, I played music and I would tell a story and I'd start to cry and I would uh, tell another story and uh, just brought back a flood of memories. And long story short, uh, we kind of, it's never been a full-time career, but the, the interest in MJ never stops. People are fascinated by him and how he made the records. Everything about my events is very positive. Uh, Michael was a genuinely wonderful man. So we started doing events in uh, New York and all across the U.S. and then Europe. I think we've done 270 events over the past uh, 12-ish years, something like that. I don't know. You can look at the website, uh, <laughs> uh, something like uh, 45 cities and 24 countries, something like that. So we do about uh, 12 to 14 events per year or, or cities, I should say. And it's an amazing blessing of a self-paying hobby. So I, I don't take it too seriously, but our guests are wonderful. And we just take them to a place I've never been before. Bring them into a recording studio, tell some stories, really dig deep into Michael's uh, work style and songwriting. And it's an absolute joy to do it. You know, how did you even get into like sound engineering? Like, was this something you were always into? Like, what was that path for you? Sure. I grew up uh, listening to Van Halen and Pink Floyd and ACDC, and I'd always been fascinated by sound. My mom is a very accomplished musician. I understand music. I have music in my blood. It just doesn't come out of my fingers. <laughs> so I've always loved the tech side of it. And when I was in high school, an album called Thriller came out and it absolutely captivated me, which I believe Thriller just turned 40. And I had to learn how between Thriller and Dark Side of the Moon and some of those really beautiful records, I was just fascinated about how they were made. So I moved to LA. I went to a sound engineering school, which has long since gone out of business. I got a job at the studio where Thriller was made. I always tell people I'm not a Michael Jackson super fan. I just love the sound of his records. And of course, the groove. I mean, and I was at, at Westlake and I wasn't there probably more than three months. And Michael came in and started doing a project called Captain EO. And uh, that's when we first met. We just, we hit it off. We didn't become best friends. We weren't running around the clubs or anything, but he, he kept a really tight circle and I just stayed with him. I stayed with him through three albums, Bad, Dangerous, and History, and part of Blood on the Dance Floor. And then he introduced, he brought me up to Neverland. And uh, that's, I, I was one of the first people at Neverland after he bought it. And that really launched my second career, which is building music systems. And, uh, the timing was perfect. Everything about it uh, worked out really well. I stayed with him for not not exclusively, but he introduced me to people like Elizabeth Taylor and uh, my name started getting passed around Hollywood. And uh, we just did more and more crazy music systems. Left L.A. in 2008, wound up in Orlando, and I started doing my seminars in 2011. So that's a very quick nutshell of a few decades of work. Yeah, well, so it's, it's interesting, right, how to, to truncate that all down like that. But <laughs> I, I guess the question is, like, was starting a business then, like leading you into B-Sun and all of that, like, was that something you always thought you'd do or was that a no, surprise? not at all. Um, I'm a terrible business owner. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Uh, I, I've, I fell into it backwards, which I think is a lot of how a lot of people do it. Um, no, I wanted to work in recording studios my whole life. There's a whole long story about Napster and how the industry really, it wasn't just Napster. There were a lot of factors, but the industry changed and it was a good time for me to uh, make a pivot, as they say. And so I started, uh, I think yeah, Michael was one of my first clients. 
which is not a bad first client to have. Not at all. <laughs> and I didn't even really know what I was doing, but he and Rod Temperton, uh, you, you may not know that name, but you know his work. He wrote half the Thriller album. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. I built a couple, I built four recording studios for Rod all around the world. And I really fell in love with the technology side of it, of uh, being able to, as crazy as it sounds, putting music, you know, putting uh, music in trees, putting it on amusement park rides, putting it uh, anywhere you can imagine. And that's how I started B-Sun. I had to have a company. I met with my accountant and he said, you have to have an LLC. So I had to get a lawyer and get a, you know, become incorporated. And that's how it started. So I've owned, uh, I guess, B-Sun for many, many years. So, you know, you mentioned uh, that idea of, you know, you didn't really know what you were doing, right? Particularly in terms of just setting that up. And I think that's a sentiment that many small businesses uh, can relate to just in terms of like starting the business and doing that. And so I'm wondering, you know, did you have any doubts about starting either of these businesses as it was kind of coming into fruition? It's a good question. I mean, when you're young and dumb, I mean, it's just <laughs> such a good, it's such a good time to do new things. Yeah. I mean, you know, when the phone, you, when you start something and the phone doesn't ring for a week and you're like, you know, this is it, we're going to be moving into the car. But no, it was never, we, we never really hit, hit really hard times, but sure. We, we honestly barely knew, you know, what I shouldn't say we, I, I barely knew what I was doing. <laughs> um, I have a wonderful wife who's been supportive through decades and uh, thick and thin and people did, uh, you know, you, you have to have some sort of a community of people that, that kind of believe in you. But no, Michael was a great launching point. And then somebody you may have heard of by the name of Quincy Jones. Uh, Quincy became one of my biggest clients. So I, I had already kind of earned a reputation in the music industry that Brad knows what he's doing. He's an honest guy. So it, it wasn't. And then your name just gets passed around. I mean, word of mouth is uh, I know we're here to talk about marketing and constant contact a little bit. Word of mouth is always the best tool. So yeah. that was uh, that, that really kind of got us off the ground. What is it that you found to be most challenging about running a business? Um, yeah, I mean, you're juggling, you're juggling balls all the time. Yeah. You know, you, you've got payroll, you've got, uh, I, I've got to get this person to pay so I can cover payroll, rent and insurance, you know, on Friday. So there's always that, that stress, you know, the most challenging, I, you know, marketing, when you really have no idea what you're doing, uh, and, and we did, I mean, we, we did have a, a nice launching point to, to get started with marketing. I, I didn't know, you know, you, you take an ad out and there used to be something like curiosity circulator or whatever it is. And it's kind of a target marketing thing okay, to, yeah. uh, to neighborhoods. And then, you know, gee, should I take an ad out in the realty thing? And when somebody buys a new house, you know, they, they see my business card. I don't want to say we tried all of it, you know, sporting events. Am I supposed to support the local football team and take out a quarter page ad? And so we tried all that stuff and truthfully with, with pretty, <laughs> pretty dismal results. Yeah. Um, it just takes one person saying, hey, Brad's a good guy. Forgive me if it sounds like I'm name dropping, but, you know, then I'm building Will Smith a recording studio. Right. Well, I'm not going to get that through cons uh, through uh, Curiosity <laughs> Circulator or some little, Not at the uh, local football game, no? <laughs> probably not. And I didn't get slapped. Yeah. So, you know, win-win. <laughs> so when you think about marketing then, where does that rank then on, on your list of priorities? So let me fast forward to now. Yeah. Let me fast forward to doing my events. My events are, you know, some people might say they're expensive. I mean, uh, 
a ticket to one of my events is usually around $200. So it, it's not, you know, we're not trying to compete with somebody going to the movies. It's a full day event. We take people deep, deep into uh, how Michael works, but we have to market it. So that's where marketing my in the studio stuff, I probably spend more time on that than I ever did marketing B-Sun, as, as strange as that might sound. So marketing is essential now. And I know we're going to we're going to get to constant contact. But, you know, in the age of social media, whether you love it or hate it, it's an amazing tool. And being able to target market, uh, we're going to be in Dublin in exactly four weeks. Uh, not Dublin, uh, Belfast, forgive me. Uh, the, the, the Irish are going to be mad at me. <laughs> Belfast is not in Ireland. It's in Northern Ireland. And so we just start target marketing okay. and I'm just throwing uh, social media post after post at Belfast and uh, we have to throw a little bit of money at it. But compared to the old days, we used to take out newspaper ads. I mean, it's only been 12 years and uh, the world has changed so much. Target marketing, I think, is a really powerful tool and it's, it's so mathematical. I mean, if I uh, put a little bit of effort into my ad, into the poster or the post or whatever I'm doing, and, you know, throw throw $100 at it, uh, stretch it out over about four days. It's almost predictable that uh, I'm, I'm going to sell, you know, three, four, five tickets, you know, triple or I'm going to get that money back very right, quickly. In terms of the investment. So you, you have to spend money to make money. Yeah. So where are you? I'm curious. So obviously you're doing social advertising. Are you doing that on, I guess, Facebook? Have you found one performs better for you over another? Which 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 sites are you using? I'm old. So uh, I'm also... <laughs> I'm also a storyteller. Yeah. So Facebook is my happy place. Okay. So I think we've got, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, 36,000 followers on Facebook, something like that. Mm -hmm. And there, and we've earned every one. Yeah. Uh, I haven't bought a single, uh, you know, we don't do anything sure. yeah, yeah. clickbait or whatever the nonsense is. So that that's our big dog. And then after that is Instagram. And then we've got some X and some threads, whatever threads is. <laughs> and then TikTok. We've actually been having mm. a lot of fun on TikTok. You just... You know, I'm not going to do a dance. I'm not going to be stupid. Right, right. But you've got to put yourself out there and show a personality, show a little bit of sense of humor, because you've got a few seconds to get somebody's attention. And, you know, not to sound too uh, capitalistic, but, you know, I'm, I'm there to get a few dollars out of their pocket into my bank account. Yep. So that's that's the point. I'm curious, and I know we're going back here a little bit, right? We're going back to 2007, but... What brought you to Constant Contact? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I somehow found it. Uh, my one, I was building a little database of, uh, back then, it was AV clients, and I wanted some way to communicate. I've always loved writing. I'm writing a book. I think of myself as a pretty decent writer. And back then, you know, I would almost cringe if I went back and saw some of those early newsletters. Um, <laughs> they were very long. Yeah, yeah I, I did long articles. I did wine reviews. I did movie reviews. I, I just, I dove into it. But people liked it. People that I don't think of myself as being, you know, a, a hysterically funny person, but I do have a, you know, a decent sense of humor. And at the end of the day, with any of this, I'm selling trust and I'm getting people to to trust me, which I hope is legitimate. So I could kind of tell longer stories. And this was kind of, I don't want to say if it was before Facebook, but I think it kind of was before Facebook, certainly before we were active on social media. And it was just a way for me to tell some stories. The wine reviews, for whatever reason, were, were really popular. 
And it was just a way for us to stay in contact. I didn't really use it, you know, hey, Sony's having a sale, you know, TVs for, I didn't really do it that way. It was more, if I did a really cool system, I might show a couple of pictures and share something about that system. But it was just a way for me to, you know, not to uh, make this too obvious, but constantly stay in contact with my clients. <laughs> so that, that was a freebie. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. We'll, we take it. <laughs> so it's interesting. I think some of the things that you're saying here are really on point, right? It is really at the end of the day, looking for ways that you can build those relationships be with people, right? And a little different from just saying here, buy this, buy this, buy this, right? Like that type right. of thing. And uh, looking at a couple of things that I, I think you you said that are interesting, like one, I love the storytelling aspect that you're talking about. I mean, I was looking at a couple of your newsletters in preparation for this, and I love the way you were telling a little story that turned into, hey, and by the way, we're doing this event and you can, you know, like, right. So great job there. I really think that's great. But I think the other thing that is interesting, and I think particularly interesting for for business owners out there that I, I want to have them hear this too, is that one of the things that you said was, if I went back and I looked at my newsletters before, I would cringe, right? And I think anybody that's doing anything probably feels the same way. I know I do with like creating content and like doing things like this and creating podcast, like all of that stuff. And it's like, I was talking to someone the other day and it's like, you really have to have this progress over perfection mindset because that thing that you did worked well for you at that time. At that moment in time, you were doing the best you could do. And yeah, sure, you go back because you learn through repetition and doing it over and over, you get better, right? <laughs> sure. But if you wait to do those things, you're not getting the benefit you could be getting by doing exactly. it, right? And it's so a I, stepping stone. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I love what you're saying there. So I guess out of curiosity, if you had to narrow it down, what would you say would be the number one reason that you decided to to use constant contact then? Um, I mean, I'm repeating myself. It really <laughs> is just to, uh, you know, if you, I'll use an example. If we have our air conditioner fixed in our home, have a good encounter with the air conditioner guy, maybe he leaves his business card. Literally a day and a half later, I don't remember who the guy was or what his phone number is. So, you know, with what we do, whether... I mean, the two of them are similar, whether I'm building a, a home theater or bringing people, you know, into my my music world for a day. It's a relationship. And if I'm you know, building a music system, it's more than a seven minute transaction. You know, it's it's a, a design, a sale, a, an install. The events, I guess, are a little bit different, but I think it's vital and I'm not to pick on the air conditioner guy, but I think the air conditioner guy should be collecting an email address. And saying, hey, look, man, I'm going to put you on my mailing list. Um, I'm not going to flood you with, you know, crazy spam stuff. But it really is, you know, obviously in both venues, whether it's a home theater or uh, my events, it works. I mean, people, they like to hear from us. They like to know that we're still around, kind of special. And there's special things that I'll do for the newsletter that I may not do on social media. My newsletter followers, they're really people that have been to my event and we we winnow it down. I mean, if they want to unsubscribe or bounce or whatever, I'll just delete them because yeah. I, I don't want it pulling my numbers down. <laughs> so, it, you know, the the group that we've cultivated, they most of, well, I, I think I think my numbers right now are about a 46% open rate, something like that, which I'm pretty pleased with. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's a good way just to keep reminding them who we are and that we're coming back to their city maybe towards the end of the year. Yeah. When you think about I guess just your experience using constant contact, you know, what has that been like for you? So cards on the table. I used to do all the newsletters myself. About a year ago, 
Um, I brought my daughter, Maddie, into, you know, she, she's really helping run a lot of the social media. So I still do the writing. I do the bulk of the writing, but we've, we've shrunk it way down. My, my newsletters today are a fraction of the length that... <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is right, right? Like this is a different yeah. time period, right? So I try to keep it, you know, I don't really do the stopwatch thing, but you can read my newsletter probably in 60 seconds and still have time to go take a sip of coffee. <laughs> so she really does. She's, I think she's done a really nice job. She does a lot of the I mean, formatting is kind of sure. a too strong a word, but, but, you know, lays out the blocks and all that. I love, you know, just keeping the whole database of email addresses, um, going through the process of, you know, once it's done, sending it out, seeing who opens it, the feedback on the back end, I think is great. So, you know, we talked about some of these things where you're, you're talking about building relationships, staying in contact with people, making sure that they remember who you are, because at the end of the day, this is really what it's about. If you had to describe your marketing strategy if you had one or if you maybe you don't i don't know but like what would you say it is it's it's kind of you know it goes multi-level obviously we have our returning guests and uh whenever i do an event let's say there's 50 people there we were just in stockholm in december and i think our numbers were kind of in the the mid 40s something like that which is perfect i mean that's a nice size group for what we do spot on what I, and again, I've kind of fallen into this, but if all 40 of them were returning guests, that doesn't do me any good. So we're right now, we're running about 20, 80. I've got about 20% returning and 80% new. I have never taken a marketing class in my life, <laughs> but that's right where I want to be. Yeah. There's something about that pocket that's just like, boom, I've got people that are coming back and they're telling their friends. So we're obviously trying to keep our, our current, you know, our former guests happy, even though they've been to my event, it changes year after year a little bit. We want them to come back. We want them to feel welcome. We want them to feel like there's uh, there's going to be something new for them. There's a community that's been built, but we're really after the new guests. And that's where we, we have to buckle down and do target marketing. And we do that through storytelling. Um, I do write again, Facebook is kind of my, uh, my fallback because I, I can just settle back and write a long story, but we do it through storytelling. We do it through, you know, sometimes we'll throw a little video clip in there or something. Maybe they haven't seen before a little insight about Michael or something. So, you know, you've got to grab their attention and then make them stay long enough to figure out what this is all about. Yeah. Do you treat or have you, do you do anything specifically, and I'm thinking specifically within Constant Contact, for people that you know have attended versus people who haven't? Do you talk to them any differently? No. In, in terms of through Constant Contact? Yeah. Not really. We use it as a, uh, actually, let me, let me answer it a different way. Everybody that receives my Constant Contact has been to my event. Has been to the event. Okay. That's how we gather. Yeah. So okay. those are actual documented guests that have bought a ticket. Gotcha. And so those are, yes, we don't really use constant contact, what I call the newsletter. We use it as a marketing tool. And certainly we, you know, tell people, hey, invite your friends. We're coming back to Ireland, whatever. But we're not using constant contact right now as a prospect. Someone tool. who has no idea who I am. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That we use social media for that. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Um what do you love most about marketing? <laughs> I hate all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's a good answer, right? So t what tell me I, a little bit about that. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, well, it's so funny because when, when you are a business owner, 
you either sit on the couch and yep. eat popcorn and stop, <laughs> you know, and go broke, or you've got to get out and beat the drum. No, I, what do I hate most about marketing? I don't even really think of myself as a marketing person, but I'm not sure I really hate anything about it. On constant contact, um, and this well, the is question not, was, what do you love about it? So <laughs> what do I love about it? Okay. Okay. What do I love about it? Um, well, you know, uh, pitch hit run. I mean, you know, when, when you actually connect with people, it's kind of multi-level. If I connect with them and they love a story or they learn something, that's great. I mean, we, we use YouTube for, uh, for longer form, you know, sometimes about audio basics or interviewing producers or different things. And I'm not really selling over there. It's more, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I'm a bit of an expert in the field. And so I guess I'm selling a little bit of expertise. I'm selling a little bit of credibility. I do love that. I, I love when we connect with people. I just got a phone call a few days ago from a, a friend of mine. He'd never been to my YouTube channel before. And he said, man, the way that you broke down how a mixer works is really interesting. He goes, I, I'm, I don't even know what a mixer is, but you did a really nice job. So that side of it, I love. Obviously, if I take an ad out, you know, I mean, right now we're doing some target marketing in Tokyo, which is kind of funny because we can't write in Japanese. But you take an ad out and you see ticket sales, you know, all of a sudden the numbers start to go up. That's rewarding. I yeah. mean, I, I love that. So yeah. it's a, yeah, I probably didn't, I didn't mean to come off as negative. It's just, I don't, I don't feel like I'm an expert at marketing by any means. Well, I think it's an interesting thing that you bring up, which I find through all the people that I've talked to and, and just, you know, even personally is there's the, a negative connotation with the word many times, right? right? You say right. marketing and you're like, oh, right? Like I hate it. But if you think about the things that you said through this conversation, right? I love storytelling. I love sharing my expertise. I love doing all those things. All of those things are fantastic marketing, marketing. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. It, you're it's right. just, it, it's an interesting thing though, that happens to us internally when you just frame it as, oh yeah, marketing, <laughs> you're like, right. uh, you know? And so uh, it's just, I, I hear that a lot from people. So, and the truth is, I, jokes aside, I really am fascinated by marketing. Yeah. I love advertising and the psychology behind it and how, uh, and I'm talking like Coca-Cola level, sure. but, uh, you know, I, no, I, I genuinely love that kind of stuff. Just the the brilliance that goes into creating some of those ads that, that are clever. You yeah. Know, the ones that are really interesting. So, well, I'm curious, you know, from your kind of day-to-day, -day, your workflow, like how are you finding the time for marketing, depending on those things that you have to do? <laughs> I brought my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a valid answer, right? I mean, like, I mean, yeah. you're doing it for many years yourself. So I guess thinking about the transition from, okay, when you're doing it yourself, even the things that you have to do, like you're talking about creating videos and things like that or, or using social. And then, yeah, what led to the decision to, okay, I'm going to have my daughter do this now. And so I can, you know, so like, talk me through that a little bit. Well, I mean, it, you know, there have been, I'm not a big TV guy. I'm a boring YouTube guy. I love travel videos. So you kind of make a choice. You know, it's it's 7.30 at night and you had a nice dinner. Man, do I want to, you know, catch up on a couple of YouTube videos or should I buckle down? I've got I've to start promoting uh, Belfast and, uh, and Montreal. Well, it takes discipline. And not every night do I feel like, you know, writing a story or, or doing a post and we get lazy, you know, sometimes, you know, yesterday we got a little lazy. We just threw a poster up on social media. Can't wait to come to Belfast. And I didn't really elaborate on it at all. So it, it takes discipline. But if you don't do it, 
you're not going to sell any tickets. You know, yeah, you can watch YouTube videos till you're blue in the face, but you're not accomplishing anything. Yeah. So it really does take a bit of self-discipline. So to that point of the discipline, which I, I agree with you, and we've also found this through conversations, but do you go as far as scheduling time in your calendar or doing anything like that? Or like, what's your process for getting that stuff done? Yeah, um, it's, I'm looking at the whiteboard right now. <laughs> oh, um, great. Well, that's good. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do the best we can. Yeah. Um, the one thing that we're pretty disciplined on, and it's pretty funny because it's two o'clock already, is we try to get a newsletter out on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Now, I did, you know, I do read the stuff from Constant Contact. And, and, and you and I <laughs> didn't rehearse this, but but I have, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the best time to get a newsletter out is on Wednesday mornings. Mm. Now, I'm late, you know, we're probably not going to get it out till this evening. But we, we really do try to do that. The answer is yes. We're not quite as organized as I wish we were. And again, it's a balance. I mean, sometimes I, I do just want to have a nice dinner with my wife, go upstairs and work on on stuff. So you've, you've got to find that place where you're, at least for me anyway, where I'm, I'm getting the work done. You know, we are doing the promotion that needs to be done. And I'm still, I'm not becoming a slave to it. Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, are you sending... Are you sending weekly every Wednesday or are you doing every other we Wednesday? We try. We try. Okay. We fell off the bandwagon last year. You know, I'd probably have to go back and look, but it was about mid-year or something like that when Maddie and I really sat down and said, okay, we've got to tighten this up. So yeah, we really try. Now, time goes so fast. This might've been a year, year and a half ago, but um, that's when we really reformatted it. Mm. And if you, there's, there's one point where in my newsletters it changed. And, okay. And it was probably a year, year and a half ago, we changed the banner. And that's when we really buckled down and said, it's going to be shorter. Um, it's going to be just a quick minute and a half read, something like that. We always end it with a silly little dad joke. <laughs> just the <laughs> dumber, the better. Yeah. <laughs> and people love it. Yeah. It's so funny. You just throw just a little nugget in there that's kind of fun. So, yeah, we are pretty disciplined about the newsletter on Wednesdays. Was that a frequency you started with or was it a frequency you kind of learned into? Yeah, we learned into it. Uh, early on, I've been with you guys for so long now, it's, there's no way. I don't, back when I was really doing the long ones, there's no way I could have done one a week. I was probably doing either monthly or by, just whenever I felt like it. I mean, I didn't have quite that consistency. But yeah, it was, we, we've tried to do the weekly for a while and then we fall off the bandwagon, but we've been pretty good about it for the past year. So you mentioned earlier, right, of, uh, 46, I think it may be actually be 49, if I'm remembering correctly when I was looking in there, um, in terms of your open rates and things like that. And I guess, what other things? Are you seeing any other results from the emails that you send beyond those kind of opens and clicks? Well, we don't. I mean, the only thing we sell is tickets. Mm -hmm. um, actually, we do have a t-shirt site, so we might start pushing that a little bit. But as silly as it sounds, you know, when, when I connect with somebody in Hungary or someplace and they they write me back a really nice email that's very gratifying if, you know, if I kind of touched on something that really means something to them, even in a short little story, um, that's very gratifying. Obviously, at the end of the day, we're trying to sell tickets. So if we send a newsletter out, we did a live stream on Saturday and we do charge for our live streams. And we sent a quick newsletter out on Wednesday, just telling people, hey, we got a new a live stream coming up and boom, you know, ticket sales, you know, got a nice little bump in sales. So. It is a tool, and it's a tool that has to be used. What would be 
your best piece of advice for someone else getting started with Constant Contact? Mm. Let's see, man, manage the database, which if I'm not mistaken, that helps my numbers. I mean, if I'm if I'm sending 4,000 pieces out and only, you know, and 1,800 of them are bouncing or whatever, I just get rid of them. Just delete, 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 delete. Keep it short. There's so few, you know, I, I get emails or, you know, newsletters all the time. And it's not to be disrespectful, but if I know it's just some some guy trying to sell me a refrigerator, I'm probably not going to read it. So I love storytelling. And I think just telling a short little story as quick as you can, if you're good at it, um, not everybody, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but if you're not good at it, that may not be your forte. But I think a short little story, a little, uh, hey, here was the problem, here was the solution, boom. And uh, just connect with people on that level. Throw a little, you know, don't don't be afraid to show your personality. You know, we, we did these silly wine tastings years ago, and it was so much fun. And I don't know, I might bring something like that back, who, who knows. But do more with most business, at least small business, it really comes down to trust. And you're, you know, I'm trying to get trust, I'm trying to get somebody to trust me enough to purchase a ticket or buy a home theater, and I'm building a relationship. It's way more than I'm the cheapest uh, refrigerator salesman. And, and if that's who you are, then knock yourself out. But you really need to use, use the tool to sell trust. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for that. So as we kind of get to our, the end of our time here, I'm wondering, is there something that you learned from Michael over the years that's kind of serves you well today? Oh, man. Um, yeah, we could talk about this for an hour. <laughs> Don't cut corners. Nobody is born a superstar. It takes work and work and work and work and more work. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I teach I teach at a lot of music schools and uh, I teach at Abbey Road in London, Abbey Road in Paris. Uh, I do lectures and, and and I really just, you know, don't cut corners, don't cut corners, don't cut corners and be and show show grace, show gratitude. Uh, Mike was one of the most uh, gratitude filled people that I've ever met in my life. So personality and uh, how you treat other people goes a long way in any industry. And uh, if you're in it for a quick buck, and I know we're getting off Michael, but that's not what Michael was about. Michael was about delivering an absolute quality product start to finish with everything that he touched. And I, I've, I've tried to do that and learn from your mistakes, you know, learn from other people, learn from the greats, uh, watch how they do it and try to do it better. Yeah. Well, friend, let's recap some items from that discussion. Number one, explore paid social ads. Now, Brad mentions that he can get extremely targeted when it comes to promoting his events around the world. In particular, he's using Facebook and Instagram to do that. So paid ads on Facebook and Instagram can be a really a cost-effective way to generate more sales. So it's worth setting aside a small budget to test with products, services, and events that you already know sell well. You can get started with as little as $100. And good news for you, because you can also run those ads through a simplified dashboard right within your Constant Contact account. Check out the show notes for more details on how to do that. Number two, put yourself out there. Brad mentions that people only get to know you if you let them. It's your personality, your sense of humor, and the things that make you, you, that capture attention. 
It may make you uncomfortable at first, but stretching outside your comfort zone pushes you into that place where you just may end up with a few more dollars in your bank account. And lastly, here's a reminder from Michael Jackson via Brad. Nobody is born a superstar. It takes work and work and work and work and more work. Remember, you don't often see the behind-the-scenes sweat and tears that people put into becoming and I'm using air quotes here, overnight success. It's one small victory at a time. So keep going, my friend. You'll get there. And I'll be here cheering you on. So here's your action item for today. Take a look into running some Facebook and Instagram ads. As I mentioned, you can run those directly from within your constant contact account. I'll include some resources for you in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Be A Marketer podcast. If you have questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly at dave.charest at constantcontact.com. If you did enjoy today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. Your honest feedback will help other small business marketers like yourself find the show. Well, friend, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and continued success to you and your business. Oh,